Hello and thank you for downloading episode number 35 of the Nintendo Switch UK podcast. We are back once again and we have a full quota. Well, we don't because we don't have Emily and James, but we have uh, myself. We have Alistair. Hello. Hello. And Anton is here uh, too. Hello, Anton. I'm back. Yes. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's weird listening to the podcast. I'm like, oh, this is... Two people, this is odd, but uh, no, it's great to be back and uh, we've got tons of fun stuff to chat about this week. And I know what you mean. I also find it very weird when I uh, hear the specials that you guys do that it's just two people. It's yeah. a, it's, it alters the dynamic of it. Yeah, it's a, di- it's a different thing, isn't it? Especially when you've got the lack of the quiz at the end. I think that's quite a fun way to find I like listening to the quiz, you know, when I, when I do hear it back. It's always quite funny to hear how, <laughs> how badly we do, how intense it gets at times. Yeah, yeah. So. so, Anton, how did we do last week? Out of ten, what do we get? Five, four. Yeah, no, it seemed all good. Um, Yeah, I think it was good. Uh, I think the last time I wasn't on, I was there was you were dissing the SpongeBob game, which is a heresy, heresy (laughs) I say. But this day today, uh, no, nothing to complain about. I'm glad. What have you been uh, playing over the last couple of weeks? So, uh, I have been playing... Um, I played the whole of the Neocab demo, which is the game that was shown off at the... the Not the last Nindies, but the one before, I believe. Um, yeah, I have a vague recollection that I saw so, that and went... Mm. Yeah, and I was quite interested in it. And basically what it is... I actually watched a, an interview with one of the developers, and the whole idea of it is that they have... You're a, Basically, you're an Uber driver from the future, and you're, ba- you're based in this dystopian kind of future, and you go to move to this big city. This is not spoiling anything. It's explained right at the start. And you are the last human driver left. Everyone else, every other cab is from a company that are robot drivers or they're not robot drivers, they're just automated. Um, and it's it, there's a, a story thread that runs through it with your friend that you've gone to stay with. But every time you, you pick up a new passenger, um, there's a whole story within that passenger as well. And you wear this kind of um, mood reflecting collar thing or, or wrists thing that basically changes colour depending on how you're feeling. And the whole idea is you've got to keep your star rating really high because they were explaining that Uber, uh, if you drop below 4.8, then you're considered you're not achieving your target and you risk being banned from Uber as a driver. 4.8 out of 5. I mean, that is intense. So this is, you, you get you get 4 on this. So, so if you drop under 4, but it's really, I, I've really enjoyed, I really enjoyed the demo and I, I think I'm probably going to buy it. So how, is it all narrative based or are you, is it driving, what, what is it? No driving. So the driving, the, the when you're driving, you see driving, you come, you'll see the passenger get in the back seat and then the, the view changes and you chat to that person and you'll see your character driving and turning it when it says to turn and you've got a mobile phone. So picking up, looks like an Uber app where they go, what's, what's your next ride? Right, I'll click on that one. I'll t- and you can decide which person you want to pick up next and you can see their rating and what they're what they've said in their little text thing um so you have a bit of choice in that um it's mostly narrative but it's quite there's quite a lot of choice in it and you can there's a lot of different threads i think that it can go down so um i think for that i mean i love narrative based games if they've got a good story and for me i i felt that this would have a lot of depth to it so i'm yeah i'm definitely going to look at it i'm i'm intrigued by it and i, I really enjoyed the demo 
Oh, I, I didn't see the demo pop up, but I'll need to give it a go. Um, I, I feel like I've been longing for a taxi game since we haven't had a crazy taxi in who knows how long. I mean, I would love, as we said a million times, Hit and Run was basically Crazy Taxi, I guess, for The Simpsons, but um, or Crazy Taxi. One of those games would be great, but this is very different. It is very much, think of it more... Uh, you do feel like you're the Uber driver, I must admit. I mean, she's not an Uber driver. There's a different name for it, obviously, but essentially that's <laughs> what she's doing. And you do feel like that because you do feel the pressure. You've got to manage your money as well, so... So, you, you know, you have to, when you run out of electricity, because obviously it's the future. Naturally, yeah. Car, so you have to then decide, do you go and stop and recharge? Do you want to refill fully? Have you got enough money for, for your food and all the rest of it? Because you just moved to this big city. So there's a bit of management in there as well. So hmm. there's a fair bit of depth in it. I'm just thinking the last time I played it, any, the th- closest thing I could think to a taxi game was Grand Theft Auto V, where there were taxis in there and you could pretend to drive a taxi around. That's a about the last game. time I drove a taxi. Yeah, I've probably played a bit mm. of that. And I would like it if GTA V would come to the Switch as well, but that's a whole other story. So, um, yeah, I've got to say, if you like narrative games with choice, um, I think give, give it a go. Try the demo, you know, you've nothing to lose. Yeah, whereas I've just been playing Zelda again. And to be fair, I've not even played much Zelda because slightly late to the party, I've spent the whole week watching Chernobyl, which, if you've not seen it, it's very, very good. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, yeah it has somewhat curtailed my switching this week um, I also played Steins Gate was what I was also going to say um, so I'm about 11, 12 hours into that now. yeah before we recorded Mike and I had a conversation Mike has superhuman abilities to do an awful lot within the space of a day I don't quite know how he manages to play everything and do everything or, so I just, or sleep apparently just wash, eat or sleep and it's fine you know I'm fine <laughs> Honestly, some? I mean he's twitching some? but <laughs> uh, Anton what have you been playing this week Oh, um, I played a little bit of the Super Nintendo Online, uh, mainly playing Ghouls and Ghosts, and uh, by playing, I mean just replaying the same couple levels that I can get through, because <laughs> it's brutally hard. Have you used the rewind function the rewind. yet? Yeah, I, I'm like trying to not abuse it too much, but uh, I think it's a necessity with that game. And I've also played Cluster Truck, if any I've of you are familiar <laughs> with that game. I've got to say, I, I bought it on the Switch and um, I I was a li- little disappointed with it, but um, it's maybe because I'm not very good, Anton, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, I found it interesting. Uh, it's a game I picked up a good couple months ago and I tried to get into it and it's this one I've been struggling with, but I found it very interesting because I played it on the f- Xbox One mm-hmm. uh, and on there it's like I've got the elite controller of the extra long sticks so they're really sensitive mm-hmm. so going to the switch i'm like these sticks are just a little bit too f- small for really like pixel perfect jumping through the sky and landing on a small truck yeah. which uh, if you if you're not familiar with the game just imagine uh, i guess like any 1990s action movie where they had cgi but they didn't know how gravity worked in cgi so everything just went full anime <laughs> that's basically the game yeah uh, it's fun though. Uh, I feel like if you with a pro controller, very good. But um, for me, I like to save playing on the TV for kind of those more big cinematic games. Yeah, and I'm then the same. Just do. I'm the same. And I played it handheld, and I think that's maybe where I went wrong with it. Maybe I need to give it a go again on the big screen. You you've been using the rewind feature, uh, Alistair, because we we talked about this. I have. So obviously, I was playing uh, a link to the past, and it's a game that when I played it the first time round, when I was back in the SNES, it was frustrating and annoying. But mm. actually, the rewind function has made the game a really pleasurable experience. Yeah. I've flown through it. I mean, I have literally beasted through. This game faster than I've ever played through a Zelda in my life because I'm not dying and it's actually 
it's transformed the experience. I'm loving it. Uh, that's, I mean, do you remember I said on the NES games, if you get a chance to try the rewind function, use it because those games are so hard. And I think that's the same thing that you're finding that I found. That yeah. I was like, actually, I'm enjoying this now. I am enjoying it so much more. I don't think it's necessarily that... I, I wouldn't call it being lazy because, I mean, you could slog your way through it, but I never really enjoyed slogging my way through it whereas no. I'm enjoying playing this game. And in the end of the day, it should be about enjoyment. So, Anton, don't you worry. If you want to use that rewind function, <laughs> you use it, buddy. Uh, you have our permission. I'll, I'll, just, I'll just pick the hardest game ever then to see I completed it with my eyes closed. Zero deaths. Yeah, you just rewind every time you die. Um, before we move on to this week's news, just a couple of uh, things on our Twitter and, and, uh, and Facebook and emails. So thanks to Mick who messaged us actually today. He said, what can I say? I'm weak and now also skint. He's bought the Nintendo Switch Lite. So he's tweeted a picture of it. And I must say I'm... Uh, I'm I'm intrigued to see how he's getting on with that. We did reply and asked and said, look, as punishment for spending that money, we expect a full review. And he's saying, so far, so good. So he's had a, he's had a day with it. And um, I, it's, I know I don't need a switch. I don't need a light. I don't need it. You but don't. No. You part don't. of me is like, oh, that'd be nice. <laughs> that'd be nice. I don't need it, and I can't afford it. Right. Yeah, now. I, I was in the exact same situation because I saw a deal, and I think it was at Curry's, and it was two hundred pounds with Link's Awakening. I'm like, oh, that's like a hundred and sixty pounds. That's like barely the cost of a normal Switch. Why not? <laughs> but uh, haven't broken yet. But I've been so very close, uh, mm. especially just for. The idea of being able to take the switch and just carry it in a pocket. How crazy. <laughs> I know, I know. The I'm intrigued. Which colour did he go for? He went for the black one, I think. So I'll show you. Um, let me let me see. see. Yeah, it, seeing as I'm not on the social medias, I have not yes, seen this. So this this one, that's kind of black, isn't it? It looks kind of well. He's like black, grey. Yeah. Black, the grey. It looks cool. Yeah. It looks like a proper it looks mini like switch. An, an adult's light. An adult's Nintendo Switch. It looks switch a bit light. like the Wii U a, a child. Yeah, I guess. The child of the Wii U controller. Um, just a reminder as well, we are on Twitter. It's, remind me, Anton, what is it on Twitter? NSUK Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and now we've got a, a little wee YouTube. Uh, so yes. you can check us out there. Uh, the link's on the website. Uh, rather than just you typing in the string of URLs that YouTube have. Mm-hmm. It is, um, the website is www.com nsukp.co.uk and you can get links to all the stuff. Uh, we're also on Google Podcasts now, so uh, for you Android fellows, uh, there's an, an easier way to hopefully listen to us. Oh, well done, Andon. Did not even know we were on there yet. That's uh, excellent, yeah. excellent work. You've been a busy boy. Yeah, keeping busy. That's <laughs> where I was going all the week. I was uh, in the labs of NSUKP headquarters. HQ. <laughs> uh, speaking of HQ, HQ, we are thinking about um, potentially being in the same room next week, all three of us. Uh, Certainly for... two of us will be, but not the normal two. Because I'm going to be in Edinburgh. So I'm going to go hang out with Anton. Yeah, I know. You well, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to work out my, uh, my logistics. But yes, the idea being that if we can all get in the same room, you know, we're thinking about we might do something so that, you know, just something a little bit different. So keep an eye out on that. Um, we'll probably put something up on Twitter at some point uh, and let you know what we're going to do. But next episode, we might all be in the same room, which would be a first, which would be really good fun. Um, and as well as that, you can get us on uh, Apple Podcasts. We're on email. It's podcast at nsukp.co.uk. And 
we got another five-star rating, not a review, but a rating. Just, I think we had a couple more. So I think we're up to 25 five-stars, which is fantastic. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you very um, much, everybody. And if you leave us a review, even better. But just even giving us that rating, it really does help people just uh, spot us amongst the crowds, the throngs of uh, Nintendo podcasts, of which there are more now than there were before, but we still think ours has that something a little bit different. It's got us. It's got us. That's what it is. <laughs> on that note, let's move <laughs> on to it. this week's news. <laughs> So, first up, uh, we're going to talk about Mario and Sonic at the Olympics, Tokyo 2020. Uh, Sega have uh, unveiled the dream events, uh, Anton. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you all remember this, like in the, the first one where it had that cool, crazy running race. And it just seems like they've taken that idea and went crazy. We've got a shooting one, which is almost like a mini first person sh- third person sure of the Mario and Sonic characters. We've got a racing one with these kind of big F-Zero looking tracks uh, and some cry. And they look, they're a little bit eccentric, they're a little bit over the top, but uh, more content. They've really been going all out. I kind of, with them not having announced this earlier and us getting the the kind of Tokyo 1964. Um, I was almost thinking that was the replacement, but no, this is uh, turning out to be quite a full package. Yeah, and, and it's it's doing the thing that I think a lot of games at the moment on the Switch, because we're getting so many of them, has to do, and that's getting the attention of people. And I think I certainly are n- I'm now considering it, and I think you're the same. I'm on. exactly the same. I've never yeah. considered one of these games before, no. but it just looks so much fun. So it, we've got Dream Shooting, Dream Karate, as you said, Dream Racing 2. Uh, that that looks fantastic. The, the uh, 16, 8, 16-bit, is it 8 or 16-bit? What, what are they calling it? Uh, I think they're calling it the Tokyo 1964. Uh, so that's like half guess... a kilobyte. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if that. If it was genuinely. Yeah, uh, I think, but basically it's got a retro look to it. They look amazing, those games. It reminds me of like international track and field back in the day. Oh, and Daily Thompson's Decathlon and all that kind of yeah. stuff. It's got that kind of vibe about it. So that's fantastic. Plus the games, I, I saw, saw some football in there as well, which yep. is really cool. And which actually, even I wanted to play that. Yeah, yeah, it does. It looks really really good um so that's exciting um do we have a date yeah it's quite is it soon oh, it, it does have the date but it's not off the the tip of my tongue but you know it's it's coming together well like to be honest i think if they package up that 1964 stuff dropped on the e-store for 15 quid I could see a lot of people just buying that on top of the original game. It looks like a really solid package all around. By the way, if you want an arcadey football game that's getting pretty good reviews at the moment, it's just come out on the Switch this week, it's called Golazzo. Now, we mentioned it before, and I said I was worried about how it was going to be reviewed because there's quite a few games on the Switch, football games, that look like they'll be fun and actually aren't that great. But this one seems to be getting pretty good reviews, very arcadey. It's that 90s football arcade vibe to it. Um, and I think there's a discount as well at the moment still on the the uh, eShop. E- 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 if you go on there and have a look, double, double check that. But certainly it's getting reasonable reviews. It's called Golazzo. Um, go and watch the trailer for it as well. It's on the on the shop. Definitely. But if you want to know about Sonic and Mario, it's out on the 1st of November. So we've not got that okay. far to wait. Well, I thought That's it's usually exciting. usually out the before 2020 is usually the way they do it. You know, Normally. Rather, and I will yeah. buy it after the event when it's 5th of the price. Well, in a year's price. time. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm that yeah. guy. I'm going to do that. Well, we'll see. It depends what the reviews are. If it's getting solid nines... Then I'll I play your say, version. Oh, thanks, <laughs> yeah, Okay, well, fine. Uh, right, next up, this is very, very interesting um, and could have... Uh, it could have a big impact on the way things go in the future for digital game, digital gaming. So basically, Valve are being forced to open a used games store. Now, explain exactly what this means, Anton. 
Yes, so uh, kind of the kind of pro-consumer kind of wing of the French government uh, kind of made a proposal kind of suggesting that Valve should like consumers should have the right to sell their products, whether they be digital or physical, and is forced or made a contract that would essentially force Valve to make an option or a store for consumers to sell their Steam games. Uh, to other customers using the Steam platform. Uh, so kind of like an, almost like an eShop where you could sell your own games and other people could buy them from you yeah. at whatever price you set. Um, it's kind of been approved by the High Court, so that's purely definitive. Um, however, Valve has done an appeal on it. Uh, but the, kind of the reason we're bringing this up is if this was to go through, uh, one, within... Kind of France themselves, this would kind of have to become a standard, which all digital distribution platforms would be need to be held to. So, Nintendo would maybe have to start offering it, Xbox, PlayStation, and who knows, even kind of people like uh, Apple selling movies um, could be subject to this. And similarly, with other government governments, uh, this would become a, a kind of a reference to which uh, other cases would be kind of formed upon. And quite often, especially in Europe, uh, kind of digital legislation quite often has a domino effect on its kind of neighbouring countries so uh, this could be quite, could really sh- shuffle up the kind of digital landscape. Well it is it has the potential to change things quite drastically. Alistair what's your thoughts on it? Buying second hand games or selling your selling your used digital games Do you, does that appeal? Absolutely frankly it's the only reason why I've always hesitated to buy digital games. I prefer physical because you can resell it so mm-hmm. if uh, if this was the way that all these digital stores went, I would be over the moon. But it might, I'm not going to say it might backfire, but what they might end up doing is what happened in Belgium, where all these developers that had loot crate games just pulled all the games and said, well, fine, we won't sell them in Belgium. Mm-hmm. France might, uh, Valve might go, fine, we won't sell games in France. You're a loss. It's possible. I know. I, I, I think mm. this is the problem is it's going to be quite difficult in, in my head, I, I find it really hard to imagine how this is all going to be policed and done properly. I guess... I guess escalation here. If um, I, I, I should know more about how European courts work, but if France's ultimate court said, uh, yes, this this has to happen, I presume there must be some way they can appeal to in a European-level court, I'm guessing. If Europe as a whole made uh, made that sweeping legislation a thing that's when it might become more important to these uh, video gaming developers and platforms like yeah, Nintendo. But like then Valve. there's always the question at the moment whether we would be involved in that at all yeah, or but not. I mean, so even as, a, as a whole thing, mm-hmm. if the whole of Europe was then forced to bring in digital games, that's that's a big market. That's yeah, a very big market. I, I, think, it, I think for me, uh, it, we are in a bit of a, a transition at the moment with, well, with, with a lot of things. And I think with buying and selling second-hand Goods. I mean, one of the things that we 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 still have a lot of is physical games. In and obviously, there's a question about plastic, and there's a question about there's a lot around that about buying and selling um, physical games in 2019. I, I I would have imagined 15 years ago that we wouldn't have been still selling physical games at this point. So, uh, where we are in another 15 years is a is a whole other question. But I would not be surprised to see this become a thing one way or another. Whether it's this is the first catalyst for it or not, I'm not sure. But it sounds a bit like it's going to go one way or the other. Either they're going to fight it and then then it'll be stopped for another five years or actually this is opening the door. We need now to make big changes because they're going to have to make changes if that if that becomes a, a, a law thing. Well, if I was the developer, the model I would probably put forward is, okay, so I'm not going to let you sell peer-to-peer, but here, buy our game. 
we'll then buy it back from you for, say, 50% of the value. We'll yeah. resell it to the next people at 75%, so we're still getting our cut. Yeah. But people are still being able to trade games back in just direct to the developer or yeah, to the, the distributor. That's the model I would probably suggest they're going to go down, so they're at least making their own cut. Because the, the reason the video games industry previously had a problem with it was because companies like GameStop or Game or all these other third-party people were making money off the back of them and they were losing it. But yeah. if they're in control of it, they're making that cut. It's, it's beneficial to them, albeit they're probably not going to make as much as they make now selling everybody a new game. Yeah, but there's a lot of people that don't buy new games. And then it's... Start, mm. but my only other problem, Anton, my only other worry, Anton, is it might ruin the whole idea of a digital sale. So we might see that we've got full price games and then the only way you'll get them cheaper is when they come onto the second hand market at 50%, which might not be immediately because the sale thing at the moment, we talk about the Switch tax a lot and the sales on the Switch have got better and better. In fact, I think this is about the first time where I can say, you know, actually there's some really good deals to be had on the Switch and that would be my worry. They might just change the sales. Sorry, Anton, on you go. Yeah. Oh no, it's uh, it's quite interesting because uh, there are thing platforms that do stuff similar. Because uh, there is G two A games, which if you have a code for a piece of software, you can sell it uh, on there. And uh, kind of that market, it's it's stayed afloat for what five six years it must be. And I find it interesting, kind of the idea as doing it, kind of in built to seem or basically just making more games eligible to the same kind of system that what CD pro CD keys and uh, kind of uh, G2A games already do because uh, mm. theoretically now we would get rarity within keys because then we're not just having it be like something that's attached to accounts we're actually getting a limited amount of keys within an ecosystem and supply and demand comes back into it where if you have a game that was maybe released and like taken off the the kind of Steam, let's say Driver San Francisco, yeah, those rare games that if you didn't buy at the time you may have missed out on, you can now kind of get your hands on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's there's an interesting comparison I can think of, and that's in music software. So you can buy music software online from. Uh, something for say Cubase or, or like a plug-in or a VST instrument or whatever and you can still in many cases sell those to another person uh, and you basically sell them and when you sell them second hand you give them the codes which then activates it on their system so what we might start to see is switch downloads having an activation code rather than just being a straightforward download which could complicate slightly but then the activation code could be the thing that you're selling which would make a lot of sense that could be the alternative way they go yeah, I mean, it's the same idea. Rather than using a code, it might just be a token that you just token. pass it digitally. It's a lot simpler. Um, yeah, I'd say that's probably the way they're doing it. Yeah, but I, I'm talking, I haven't sold anything online in 10 no. years. So, no, no, no. so it was an active, activation code then. It could be a token now, for all I know. Yeah, but, but going back to your point about the e-store and sales, uh, what I've noticed them doing a lot in the e-store is actually games being on sale before they're, or yeah, when they're first released. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's possibly where your sales might go. It's like, buy it first and you get it cheap yeah. and that would kickstart that whole ecosystem just people buying it cheap then people buying it full price and it could tumble down I'm still going to buy cut. physical though of course you are because <laughs> like you like your collection. drawer full of games <laughs> I like my collection um, so yeah okay we'll watch this space but it is interesting Valve being forced to open a used games store and we'll, we'll see what comes of that next up uh, we did mention this just before we started the news this week and that's the Nintendo Switch Lite is out now uh, we know that a couple of listeners have picked one up already uh, it seems to be getting pretty reasonable reviews so far Anton 
Yeah, it's looking like a really lovely piece of kit. Nobody's, there hasn't been any clearing flaws or bend gates or any forms of gates where people are just screaming. Um, battery life seeming to be holding up to Nintendo's claims and it seems like if you don't care about plugging it into a TV, this may be the, the perfect switch for you. Yeah. Um, has the, the reviews swayed your attention, your point of views at all? Alistair? No. <laughs> I mean, no. I'm saying no, but that's slightly flippant. I still have no intention of buying one, but I still think it's probably quite a good bit of kit for a yeah. specific market. Yeah, I think I'm it's... Just not, I'm not the target market. I think it's great. I think they look uh, they look a lot of fun. Uh, I like them. I like the look of them. I don't I don't really have any need for one, and, and the only reason I'd be buying it is sheer greed, and I can't <laughs> afford it right now, yeah. quite frankly. Uh-huh. I'd rather buy, uh, you know, 20 games than buy a new light. There's probably no... And even then, I, there's no point in me doing that because my backlog is, of games is much more than that, so... Exactly. What about you, Anton? Oh, I, I love the idea of just having a portable, like one that could fit in my pocket. Yeah. Um, but in the the end of the day, if it was like Nintendo, they only do a slim version and then they call it a day. But knowing that they're the kind of company that might release a new Nintendo Switch in two years' time that's slightly more powerful, just going for a small version is something I can't justify at no. the moment, sadly. Yeah, I want to so bad. I'm with you on that. Uh, I'm with you on that. Um, next up, Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. It's out, and I know you put some money aside, Alistair, for this, but have you bought it? I haven't yet, but it's because I'm playing Zelda. Okay. I don't want to buy Zelda because I'm playing... You know, you get it, right? Yeah. My neighbour's bought it, though. He's been raving about it. Yeah. Last couple of days, he's not done anything except play Zelda. It looks fantastic. I've got to say that uh, even... I who had no real thought of buying it particularly, although I think it looks great. Not for any reason, again, just simply I've got too many games, but I looked at it and thought, oh, no, it does look good. You know what I like most about it? The fact they've kept everything that made it a special game. So the original had a lot of references to other Nintendo games at the time. Those references have all still been ported over. It is good. just, it's got all cool little bits and they've not messed with it anyway, but it, it except looks, make it look beautiful. And it looks so, so good. Uh, Anton? Oh, it does. Yeah, I, it's a very interesting one for me. It's I, I think it looks gorgeous and I know people love it. Uh, I, I'm a little bit hesitant to pay £40 for what seems to be built, built off a Game Boy game. Mm-hmm. Um, but it looks so good. And uh, especially when I've been seeing the limited edition and the bundles with the Switch Lite. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, you say 40 but I paid 54 from Argos. Did he? Did yeah, he really? Yeah. Really? It's not cheap. And Ugh. I wouldn't pay 50 quid for... Because uh, I thought about this long and hard. I'm not paying 50 quid for it. I, no. When it's 25, maybe even 30, I'll pay for it. Pay yeah. for it. In the meantime, I might just swap that money over I think, to uh, Pokemon instead. I think if it was... If it, when it, if it ever came... If I ever got an opportunity to buy it for around about 2025 on as a physical, I would probably go for it. But yeah, I'm with you as well. But it does look great. And I think that, as you said, Anton, that package with the Switch Lite, I mean, there's going to be some very, very lucky people out there that have got picked up that package. It looks great. I mean, what a great combo because it's it'll be great handheld. I think handheld for me, it look good in big screen, but handheld's going to look amazing. Yeah, because from what I've been hearing about the people who have picked up the Switch, it's just... It's it's kind of like when uh, you picked up like a Game Boy Micro or something, and the screen's condensed a little bit more, so the graphics end up looking much nicer because there's far less pixels. And I'm just looking at it, I'm like, if that game could look any better, yeah. I, I wouldn't believe it. It's oh, it's just gorgeous. Um, but similarly, £25, maybe. Or if they fleshed out the, the kind of dungeon builder. Um, I feel like there's a lot of potential there, mm-hmm. but... Uh, from what I've heard in the reviews, a little bit, a little bit light on content, uh, kind of more proof of concept than anything. Mm. 
Well, it's out now, so you can go and check it out. You might have to pay a bit, but uh, I'm sure well worth it for those that are, are, you know, completely sold in it already. But it does look fantastic. Next up, Square Enix have announced a physical Asia-only Final Fantasy VII and Final Fantasy VIII remasters bundle. I mean, are we going to get any more Final Fantasy? Because I think we're pretty much, like, I think there's, like, every version of everything available, although this is Asia-only. I think it would sell well here, though, Anton. Yeah, I think that, like, these are two of the most popular Western Final Fantasy games. Like, Seven was the game that really was like, okay, Final Fantasy can be successful in the Western market. So uh, it's very surprising to see this bundle not make its way over. Um, Saying that Square Enix, um, as we're going to go on, does, uh, to mention later in the podcast, typically does announce their games that are, even if they're coming to both regions, if they'll announce the Asian version earlier than the, the kind of Western releases. But yeah, it's an interesting one with Final Fantasy because there are so many different sub-franchises and there's a lot of people that will be waiting for their their version of uh, Final Fantasy. Yeah. They don't they don't care about the 20 other ones they want their Final Fantasy because they're all so different and unique, you know? Well, 7 and 8 are two very different titles, so... Um... Yeah. Yeah, it'd be an interesting one to see if they bring over here. I think that's I would be pretty keen on a on a, a bundle. Uh, I must admit, a, a physical bundle of Final Fantasy games. So, can I'll, you imagine how many hours of that your life that would take up? Though, I mean, those games are huge. They're great. I know, I know, but I mean, that's you know, you get invested in a game, you might you might stick with it for that those amount of hours. It's possible. You know? yeah. uh, next up. Epic Games have announced Fortnite and uh, Batman crossover featuring Batman and Catwoman. Ermager, Ermager, Ermager. I'm kind of almost tempted. I mean, do do you know what? I I saw this and I went, Batman, Catwoman, Fortnite? What's going on, Anton? Yeah, so they're kind of similar to what they did with Thanos. Uh, You're going to be able to kind of play, I think you're going to be able to play as Batman and Catwoman. They've got special items. Uh, We're kind of yet to see all the fine details they've just done in the announcement trailer, but uh, they seem to be really enjoying this uh, these crossovers. Uh, the fan, they've done two Marvel ones now, so uh, it looks like it's uh, DC's time up in the chopping box, and uh, at least we get some Batman on Switch somewhere. <laughs> so, do, do they are these like limited time only type deals? Is that how they Indeed, work? Indeed, they're they're kind of like events. So for everyone, uh, kind of, it will just be like they're in the game now. So, for instance, when they added Thanos, um. It was like the special one one person in the game will get the super ultimate power up of being Thanos for a wow. bit in the game. Uh, nice. So I presume it'll be a similar model to how that worked previously. Cool. That is brilliant. I've never played Fortnite in my life, but now I want to go and play it because Batman. Yeah, well, to go and download it and have a go. Yeah, free. Why not? I, I, I played it and I said it many times. I like Fortnite. I just don't like the building aspect, which is kind of important. <laughs> but um, but it is. It's 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 fun. You know, I can survive without the building for about, you know, a minute. Um, right then, the first three Dragon Quest games are coming to North America and for the first time on console in Europe on the Nintendo Switch. Now, we mentioned this briefly last week. We talked about the Dragon Quest games, uh, 1, 2 and 3, which are the NES games. So in, in the early 90s or late 80s, I should say, more likely, uh, over here and in America, it was all about Mario um, and it was all about Zelda. And in Japan, uh, Dragon Quest was the thing, Anton, that people were really wanting to get their hands on. Yeah, and kind of, it's interesting because they did announce this a wee while back and people were like, why are they not bringing it to this, the Switch? What, what are they doing? <laughs> why yeah. is it only in Japan? It's yeah. got English subtitles, but uh, it, we're finally getting it. And uh, I think the fact that this was such a, a delayed announcement uh, gives me a little bit of hope for the physical Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy VIII 
bundle. Um, and similarly for other titles that we don't, from Square Enix that don't get yeah. immediate release dates. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so um, if you've not got enough Dragon Quest with uh, Dragon Quest Ten, Enough yeah, of the demo, let alone nothing, your way. anything else. The demo's long enough. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Good demo. Uh, Asphalt 9 Legends is confirmed to launch worldwide next month on 8th of October. We've talked about this. We're, we're, I mean, considering Grid has just come out and it looks so amazing, Asphalt 9 is going to have to do an awful lot to persuade <laughs> us to change our mind on that, Alistair. Uh, it's got a lot of work to do, isn't it? I mean, it's not going to go anywhere. It's a mobile game. Get Grid. Yeah, a grid, grid yeah, looks amazing. Have you seen it? Yeah, yeah, it looks absolutely so, stunning. So I watched a, I watched a, a playthrough of of um, a race, and and it just looks it looks fantastic. They, they if that's have, your thing. Yeah, they have optimized that game really well. I mean, really well for the Switch. Mm. It does just, not look like a Switch game. No, and this is what we're seeing more and more of. And we talked about this, Anton, way back on episode three or something about how when consoles get further into their cycle you start to see what they can actually do when people start to get to grips with it yeah Witcher 3 in order yeah Witcher 3 exactly and I think this is another example of it with Grid but Asphalt 9 any hope for this one Anton? I think that there are people who have obviously stuck by this franchise for a very long time Um, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays on Switch because the mobile release of it you don't really steer you just flick in the vague direction you want to go and then the kind of it automatically guides it you're kind of more just switching between rails if you know what I mean yeah uh, so to have this game with full controls would be curious but um, to give it credit as like a mobile game that I've played it's been one of the better ones I've played in recent years um, I never got too far in it to where it got microtransaction-y but uh, you could definitely see the framework there so yeah uh it's interesting. It's a it's a port. That's yeah. all we can say. Well, we'll see. It's not that long till it comes out, eighth of October, right? I'm going to fly through some more of our news items so that we can move on to rumors and then the quiz. Next up, Earthfall Alien Horde has been announced for Switch, but reviews not fantastic of the release so far, Alistair. It's not been the best reviewed game, but another another decent title potentially. Could it be? Could it work on the Switch? What do we think? I mean, it's if it wasn't great on other consoles and Steam, my hopes for it on Switch. So, so great. What, what what does it look like? I and mean, what kind of game are we dealing with? Because I don't know much about it, and I confused it with Earthbound, which is a totally different game altogether. Um, but Earthfall, what what's it about? First person shooter, shoot big monsters. Right. Okay. That's pretty much all you need to know. Mm-hmm. Anton, do you, you want to add any more? That yeah, up, uh, right? very edgy. It, 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 re- it really wants to be Walking Dead and uh, isn't quite there. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, it's been announced uh, for the Switch and maybe they're hoping that because, you know, there aren't as many on the Switch that people will go, oh, let's give this a go. But the reviews so far, fairly mixed. I'm sure there are people out there that love it. So tell us if you've played it and, and you know, it's the, the reviews are wrong because that does happen. Sometimes your favourite games are not the ones that are the best reviewed. Yeah, I mean, the reviews online for other consoles range from one and a half to three stars. Out of five. Out of five, at least, not ten. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I've not got high hopes. But you never know. It might be awesome when you get on Switch. Narcos Rise of the Cartels, based on the TV show. It's a top-down, turn-based, ESCOM-style um, strategy game, which uh, I have seen a bit of the trailer for. This is another Netflix one, isn't it? Yeah, which is kind of interesting to see if we've got another Netflix game coming so quickly. Because I know... No, when Amazon came in with the Grand Tour video game, it was like, oh, it's here, and uh, that's that's all the games we have. But um, the fact this is following up Stranger Things 3, um, I wonder how many other games have maybe got in the pipelines. Um, have any of you seen the show at all? 
no, but it's something that I probably would watch. But uh, again, with <laughs> with so many shows on on the likes of Netflix and Amazon Prime and all these things, it's it's so hard to sort of watch them all. But um, it looks it, it, the show gets well reviewed and people really love this show. And the, I think there'll be some interest in this, you know, just because of that turn based thing. Because there's a there's a big there's a big fan base for turn-based um, style games, and I think that, that people will be really, really into this. What about you, Alistair? Yeah, well, I had the trailer, and it was one of the directs. Yeah, which I one it was. That. And I remember thinking, I want to play that. Yeah. But the interesting, interesting thing is, there's already a Narcos Rise of the Cartel game out on other platforms as a third-person shooter. All oh, right, it's a different vibe. Completely different game, same title, completely different game. And this one, this right. one looks way more interesting to me than the third-person shooter did. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah definitely. I've, it's been a while since we've seen one of these SOCOM style games. Like, uh, I remember them, especially on the PSB, being really good uh, games you could maybe just play for like five minutes. Uh, it's like you're not having a, like if you're like sitting at a bus stop or something like that and you can't just like get invested in, you can't need to keep your eyes open. Um, it's a nice kind of passive experience. So I'll be curious to see what the reviews turn out like. Yeah, I've never really got into. Um, any games in in that particular genre and style, but I know that a lot of people really rave about them, so I might give this a go because I like the premise, I like the idea of the of the game and the kind of the narcos tie in as well. Yeah, I've been thinking a bit deeper actually. It looks like it's top down, but it also shoot, flies down into third person. Okay, we actually engage in combat. It flies down. It looks kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I yeah, remember thinking that the yeah. in the direct that I thought that it looked pretty good so anyway next up a game that we all have raved about at one point or another uh, and if you don't have it on the switch i suggest you go and get it at some point sniffer clips the developers behind sniffer clips uh sfb games have unveiled tangle tower now this is a murder mystery it's out now in apple arcade which you'll have got if you've updated to ios 13 in the last week or so and it's coming on the 10th of October. Now, normally with an Apple tie-in sort of crossover game, I go, oof. But Apple Arcade has had uh, a lot of positive reviews this week, Anton. So maybe this, and, and especially yeah. with being the Snipperclips de- developers, I've got reasonable um, hopes for this one. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really interesting. Um, as, as a mystery murder game, uh, I don't know if it's anything you guys are particularly fond of but for me it's it's kind of a genre I would just kind of pass up it kind of reminds me of old PC games that <laughs> yeah. never really grabbed my attention but this one was filled with really good charm and the writing seems solid to um, even if you guys check out the trailer um, it kind of gives you a real good taste of the characters from it it's all animated all of the kind of uh, the conversations it looks fairly solid and uh, uh, but here's a question for you is if this so let's be real this game I couldn't see it being less than what £10 at, at the cheapest would you would you pay that when you could get it plus like let's say I think it's 100 other games for 4 on Apple Arcade um, it's a very very good question it's one I've been asking myself quite a lot this week actually because I've not tried Apple Arcade yet I think it's a free trial yeah so I think the idea Indeed. with Apple Arcade is it's a four ninety nine a month isn't it and then yeah, you, you can, can cancel just, anytime. you can just play as many games as you like for four ninety nine. yeah and there's there's hundreds and it's growing really fast the number of games they've got out there has been ramping up this week yeah um, it is it's a great deal my biggest issue with Apple Arcade it comes back to the same issue I face on mobile games forever, which is just there are certain games that work brilliantly on mobile and there are certain games that don't. And for me, 
Uh, I still just love that physical thing of having a, a, a handheld ah, console. But now with iOS 13, you can pair an Xbox or PlayStation controller with your phone and mm. you've basically got some mini screen. It, it's kind of transformative. Particularly if you've got something like an iPad yeah. or an Apple TV, that is going to... Yeah, that's that's compelling for a lot of people. Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. And I would probably be one of those people if I didn't have a Switch. But I've got to be honest, I'm maybe just blindly loyal. But I love yeah. my Switch. So. Yeah. I'm kind of that's roughly where I ended up as well. I like. Yeah. It's a great Switch. idea. I think it. it's a fantastic idea. It's about time that that happened. Actually, I think that's what it's needed. Um, but for me personally, there's still there's still something about having a console dedicated to gaming outside because remember as well with your phone and your iPad you're using it for other stuff unless you're lucky enough to be able to go and buy an iPad specifically for gaming um, and then you're looking at the prices and then an iPad's not cheap for a newer one that's running iOS 13 properly and do you know what I mean then you come back to well is a Switch worth doing but yes it's a the subscription thing I wasn't sold on but if, if something like that came to the Switch in the future where you could play certain amount of games for a certain amount of money per month um, would it would potentially I mean PlayStation did it years ago with yeah. uh, PS Plus was it PS Plus Anton? Mm. No uh, oh, PS- PlayStation Now P- yeah, P- PlayStation Now yeah, yeah. Um, and that was that was reasonable uh, maybe a bit ahead of its time in some ways actually and but Xbox do it with the Game Pass yeah the Game Pass yeah. so, so maybe do you think we'll get something like, like that on the Switch at some point Anton? Um, I think the closest we could get to it I don't see being how protective Nintendo off of their IP, um, I, I wouldn't see them, but I could potentially see the Xbox Game Pass because we had the the rumors of XCloud coming to the Switch a while back. Yeah, maybe something down that vein. Um, the thing I find really interesting about that kind of Apple Arcade is it's going very much for the the kind of premium indie market, uh, a kind of an area where the Switch is really dominated. Uh, and kind of looking at the launch lineup, we've got. Um, we've got kind of, uh, as you, we've got Tangle Tower. We've got uh, that Exit the Dungeon game, Floors Lava. We've got even uh, Sonic Racing coming to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. And I, I fear for a lot of people who already own an iPhone and an iPad, convincing them to maybe pay, let's say Stardew came to it or something like that, similar kind of tier of title. If they were interested in playing that, would they pay what two eighty for a Switch or would they just buy like? the game vice which is like joy cons for your iphone uh and do it that way it could be i find it really fascinating as a competitor to apple in the indie side of things yeah. not so much obviously the exclusives i think there's going to be an audience for it there's no doubt about it i don't think it's going to take that much away from the core audience of nintendo fans because i still think there's something about having it all in one you don't think about it you pick it up and you play and i think even if you're connecting joy cons even if you're connecting a controller it's still you're thinking about how you're doing it. It's not the portable solution that the Switch is in that sense, unless you're playing games that don't need it, of course, and then it is. But um, no, I, I think it's I think it's cool. I'm, I'm interested to see where it develops, but um, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. Uh, I mean, I, I reckon that Nintendo's safe because I'm going to say the main reason most people play Nintendo is for Nintendo games. Because you can't get Zelda, you can't get Mario, Mario Kart, you can't get any of these things anywhere else. And really, that's why we all buy Nintendo. It's for the mm. games. It doesn't really matter what you're playing them on. So although the subscription models might be out there, I still think people will still buy a Switch to play Nintendo games on. I think they most people will, although I did buy my Switch just because I loved the concept of the Switch. I don't actually play that many Nintendo games, really. I mean, I play a lot of indies on my mm. Switch. Yeah, I suppose that's where I'm the exact opposite. I pretty yeah. much only play Nintendo games these days, or yeah. to a greater or lesser extent. I'd probably be 75% indies and yeah. 25% 
um, big titles, Nintendo titles maybe. But um, but either way, I think you're right. I think they're probably safe in that sense. But it is certainly something that they will keep an eye on. And I wouldn't be surprised if Nintendo at some point go, hey, we're going to do this. It's subscription-based. You're not getting all the games, but you're going to get these, and it's only going to cost you this amount per month. I could see that happening. Yeah, I'm up um, for it. Just very briefly as well, that game, the murder mystery thing, <laughs> talking about old murder mysteries, uh, Anton, it just in my head popped up or I had this memory of playing a Sherlock Holmes game on the Mega CD that I had. Um, oh, yes. And it's like that video oh. kind of thing that they did back in the day, you know, the kind of um, vi- full motion video. Uh, and um, I just looked, and, and sure enough, the games are, st- <laughs> if you have a copy of that now, it's like 25 quid on uh, on eBay. And I was like, ah, oh, should I sold that? Much better murder game out there. 2009 PC game, Murder She Wrote. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just for the theme tune alone worth it to be perfectly honest um, right let's move on to because we're going to have to fly through these because we are time is moving on quickly today Ori in the Blind Forest this was the Microsoft exclusive it's now got a demo on the Switch have either of you downloaded it? Uh, not yet but planning to it's always been a game I thought looks beautiful but I never understand what the gameplay is from the trailer so it be good to actually <laughs> see what same. that is yeah same <laughs> It does look great, though, I must admit, and it looks really good on a Switch, so I might download that demo and have a go. Uh, Luigi's Mansion 3 is going to get paid DLC, adding new content to the Scare Scraper and Scream Park multiplayer modes. Excellent. I am all for DLC for multiplayer. If it's paid, but it's good and there's plenty of content, that's fine. I don't mind having an option to add more. Yeah, let's see how the game is first. And I prefer paid DLC wasn't necessarily announced before those uh, games Yeah, I would released. agree with that. I think mm. that's, that's the only thing here, but... Either maybe just preempting things and saying, "Hey, we are going to make sure there's content for this," or it just could be a money grab. Yeah, by all means, but say that after the game's out. Yeah. What don't, do you think? Do for? Yeah, I find it fascinating to see because I remember with Luigi's Mansion Two, it kind of seemed like an afterthought the multiplayer. This sounds like they're expecting the multiplayer to be a, a real selling point, and I, I suppose cool. they, it looks like they've done a lot with it. So, uh, I'm, I'm, that wasn't something I was thinking of, had in my mind when I thought of this game originally. No. But now I'm like, okay. That's something I might actually try and give a go or look into. Yep, no, it looks uh, interesting. Uh, Miss Explosion Man is getting a physical release on September the 27th. I think you said this was a limited run uh, game. Indeed, or, or, yeah. Or version. It's, it's again, it's it's crazy how many games we're getting on Switch. I, I love the franchise and uh, I didn't even know this game was out on Switch for Neither several months I. now. Neither so did I. I had not a clue yeah, this. It just flew under the radar. Too many games, too many games. So that's just, well, by the time you're listening to this, it'll be just a few days away. So, uh, in fact, it is just a few days away, but it'll be even closer by the time you're listening to this. Uh, next up, Nike have announced Nike Air Max 97 Nintendo 64 crossover, a Nintendo 64-inspired uh, sneaker, uh, which launches this week. This is going to be expensive, I would have thought. Al, you're, I can see you've got a giant trainer on your screen, so I'm assuming you're looking at... I, I am. I, I don't get... And how that Vega relates to an N64. Anyone? It's got the colours of it. It's got the kind of the the greyness, and it's also isn't it? Oh no, I don't know. That's not. No, I'm thinking of, that's not an N64. No, yeah, I, I don't get it. Apparently, it's got like reset and start looking areas on it, like buttons that mimic the the console. But it was interesting. I kept saw it. And I was like, okay, yeah. Or you can turn it. <laughs> sure. So Alistair's turning it around at the moment just to have a look at the. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Don't. I don't get it. It's not cheap either. No, no. How much is it? Uh, well, the bit I can see at the moment uh, seems to suggest it's around about the 150 mark. Ish. Yeah. I wonder if I'm looking at the right you thing, could... but it does. Either way, it's no. I am looking at the right thing. Just no. It's no. 
At that, at that point, you just buy a switch light with Zelda, tie it to your foot, and just use that as a exactly. shoe. Exactly. I mean, like. that's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous money. But $180. Just what? No. There will be people out there who will absolutely be getting that day one. They'll probably sell out. In fact, some people are very clever with um, trainers, and they'll buy the limited edition ones, keep them in mint condition, and then you can end up selling them for a massive profit years down the line. I know I know that is a, a definite thing. I figured so. out where the reset bit is. It's oh, on yeah. the very top of the tongue. Sorry, but just... No, no, not worth it, Go is it? Away. Okay, The Wizard is getting a 30th anniversary Blu-ray release. What's The Wizard? Oh, don't you recall? It's um, It was that really... It's basically a one-hour and 30-minute Nintendo commercial uh, that was released, uh, I think it was 87. Um, and in the movie... 89, the climax 89. Yeah. Uh, at the climax of the movie, they announced Super Mario Bros. 3... Uh, the main villain in the movie uses the power glove. Uh, it's just, it was basically a commercial for Nintendo, the whole thing. And it's really campaign trash. It's it's lovely. I, I, it's just that like popcorn nonsense. That's fantastic. I love I, that. I recognise the kid in it. And I, I know, Christian I Slater. Uh, the it, other kid. It's so bad. Chris- is that Christian? That's not Christian Slater. Well, one of them's Christian right, Slater. No, that kid was in a TV show that I used to watch when I was a kid. I just can't remember what it well, was. Well, I'm pretty sure it's Christian Slater. It was Fred Savage, who was in The Wonder Years. That's who you're thinking. That's be the exactly. Wonder Years. Fred Savage. That's who I'm picturing. It's The Wonder yeah. Years, isn't yeah. it? And Christian um, And I think he was in The Wonder Years anyway, but he looks like the kid from The Wonder Years, so I'm assuming it's him. Um, in fact, let's just double check Fred Savage, just to be sure. Uh, he's best known for his role as Kevin Arnold in The Wonder Years. Yeah, God, that's a good memory. That is, yeah, that's going back. Well uh, done, Mike. Yeah. I, I, I just thought I recognised that face. If you've never seen The Wonder Years, it's this brilliant series where he kind of narrates over it every so often. And it was just, it was very of the time, early 90s kind oh, of vibe. so good. Um, the, just speaking of that kind of time period, I saw this today. It was a, an article on one of the websites, the Nintendo websites, and it was a memory of a TV show, which I didn't know... Um, from the early 90s that was all based on Nintendo and it was but they never used the word Nintendo because at the time they weren't allowed because there was uh, things like Transformers and He-Man which were used to sell stuff they were Captain N that's what it was called and Captain N yeah so Captain N was basically Nintendo so so they had things it was all all the Nintendo characters he went through a TV to Nintendo land basically yeah Game Boy was was in it so basically they ended up getting shut down because they used a character called Game Boy which is clearly (laughs) advertising Game Boy, um, but the the whole idea of it was very interesting, and I I vaguely remember it. But um, I'm going to go back and YouTube some of that it's when I'm very bored and end up in a YouTube black hole. Yeah, did you, did you go back and watch Samurai Pizza Cats? By the way, no, I haven't watched Samurai go Pizza Cats. Go and watch Cats. Samurai Pizza Cats. We're just giving you loads and loads of uh, reasons old not stuff, to play a Switch, Anton. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, Anton's writing these all down. <laughs> Uh, I'll do my I'll do my dissertation on it. Excellent. <laughs> That's right. the plan. Right. Do you know what? We we'll have to move on because I can't believe we're so far into this uh, week's episode. We haven't moved on yet to the rumors. So let's do this week's rumors. Now I'm not normally one for gossip, but not that many, which is good because we want to move on to the quiz. But first of all, Gearbox's Paul Sage. He was asked about Borderlands on the Switch. I know everyone's been raving and talking about Borderlands Three, and he answered with a simple answer. He said, "Never say never." That's music to my ears. Yeah, I would love a Borderlands mm. on the Switch, Anton. Yeah, I, I, I think after them not announcing it, like I feel like when they announced the remastered of the first game and Borderlands Three, it would have been such a perfect opportunity. I, I think this is just a uh, he doesn't want to annoy people and pull on EA. Uh, yeah, it's a shame because uh, they they ended up porting Borderlands Two to the Vita. 
Yeah, that's right. Of they all did. things. And uh, I think what happened there is PlayStation ported it for them. So it makes me wonder, do we need a team at Nintendo that just ports the games that other developers are too lazy to do? Because it isn't like it wouldn't cover the cost. You know, if they, I mean, the thing is that they could charge, you know, they could make a decent amount off of that and still the developers aren't going to lose out. So it's it has potential, you know. You know what, we need to start sending this podcast to Nintendo. It's full of great ideas for them. It really is, but, you know... Um, Nintendo have never been one to follow exactly where we think they're going to go. Yeah, so, but they've never you know. had us before. <laughs> That's very <laughs> they, true. They make, make Borderlands 3 exclusively compatible with the ring con. Oh, you have to yeah. stretch it to fire your, charge your gun and release it to sh- release your shot. I tell you. It's, a, it's the uh, you're, you're out, Anton. No, you're out of the thing. That, go away. Too <laughs> far. Although bow and arrow with the ring for Zelda. That could be fun. That could oh, be different. Yeah, that's yeah, quite fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you're in, mate. Crossbow training too. Crossbow training the, the, too. There every, you are. Everybody's favourite Wii game. <laughs> also, I was thinking if you had like mini, if you had like an Olympic game for like hula hoop, then that would be perfect with the ring. I'm not sure how the ring would survive if you're hula hooping it around you, mind you. But, um, there's another rumour this week, just very quickly, because it has been mostly news. But this, I would be so happy. It's one of my favourite all-time games. Not because... Well, first of all, because there was so much hype about this. Um, I think it was on the go for about four years before it actually came out. And it was so much hype. And when it finally came out... It was one of the most atmospheric games I've ever played. Not necessarily the best, but atmospheric. It was amazing. And it's Alan Wake. And it looks like there are rumours we're going to be getting an Alan Wake remaster for the Nintendo Switch. I'll be so happy if we get this. Would it would would it work on a small screen? Was yes, it, with really? headphones on, it'd be perfect. Headphones, yeah, but I, part of... The, I mean, I only played a, a bit of Alan Wake. I didn't play much of it because, frankly, I got scared. It's quite scary. <laughs> it is quite scary. But it it worked well because you're immersed in this big screen thing. Put on a tiny little screen, I don't think it's going to have the same effect. No, I, I think it'd be all right. I think, yeah, I think... Unless you hold the screen really close to your face. Yeah, but if you're, you know, if you're sitting, you know, late at night, you've got your headphones on, you're playing Alan Wake up, you know, because you are fairly close if you're holding it. You're not, you're not, it's not the other side of the room when you're holding it. Do you know what I mean? Unless you've yeah, got really it's long not, arms. It's not filling you like I do. It's, oh, not, yeah, it's, not, it's not filling the, your whole vision in the same way that sitting close to a big TV would. But you can still play on a TV. It is a Switch. Mm. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yes. Yes, yes, but what I'm thinking was because I know what you'd be doing you'd be playing with it at night in your bed as you just said yeah. and that's going to be a different experience and that's kind of what I'm getting at well either way I would be delighted if Alan Wake comes to the Switch Anton did you ever play it? Oh, I, I did not but uh, I, I'm, I'm when it comes down to playing this I'm definitely team playing it on handheld mode because uh, for me even with playing horror games on the PlayStation 4 I prefer playing them on the Vita because I think there's something nice about just playing a horror game huddled up in your bed covers just like <laughs> yeah, just fearing you, for your life you uh, can put it down uh, and sort of like take a second and breathe and then pick it up you know what I mean it's hide great. it under the pillow hide it under the pillow <laughs> you know yeah I'm completely down for this I think this is a really uh, a great port for us to get I mean it, it is a weird one I've got to say I didn't really expect them to go oh by the way we're going to do a remaster of Alan Wake just because because um, most people have forgotten the game existed yeah it was a huge mm. so much hype around it and it was called Wake for a long time yeah. and then it was A.Wake for a while and then eventually it was Alan Wake the final reviews of it yeah. weren't really that great they were. it, was, it wasn't no, bad it, were, was, it was just okay I think, yeah. it was dis- I think people were disappointed because the hype the hype was so much. much and I think the storyline was quite unusual and I think a lot of people kind of 
just felt that you know the gameplay mechanics weren't as good as they'd hoped it wasn't terrible it was a little clunky at times but what was great about it was that atmosphere and if you like atmospheric games then you know you will i think you're just checking to see what kind of reviews it did actually get actually much better than i remember it getting 96 percent generally mm. yeah yeah i mean the, it the was thing good would be ex- the thing I would find exciting about getting a port of this is they did uh, Alan Wake, the American Nightmare DLC, which was borderline a whole new game. Mm. Uh, and I think the combo of the both of them could make a really compelling package. Oh, kind good. Of like this. Yeah. How, how Ubisoft's kind of been doing it, packaging up two games. Well, that would that would get me definitely, but that would be an absolutely no decision to make for that because um, it would just be a whole game that I haven't played because I had never played the DLC for it. So mm, There you go. Uh, do you know what game, just briefly before we move on to the quiz, do you know what game I really, really, really want and I haven't played a really good one in a lot of years? Um, I really want a Star Trek game. Yeah, I used to play Star Trek Online for a while. That was quite good. Star Trek Online, yeah, I remember that. And then there was the one... There was a Star Trek Voyager first-person game maybe about 15 years ago. It was really good. First-person shooter. Yes, there was a Deep Space Nine PC game in the mid-90s which was had that. which was good. It had and a glitch a... in it that you couldn't get past, which was really annoying. Yeah, that was annoying. And there was a Star Trek Next Generation point-and-click. Final Unity. Really cool. Yes, it was, Final it was Unity. good. I liked that. Yeah. Um, but I really would like to see a new one. And there's also the Bridge one... Commander thing. Bridge Commander Yeah, the one that's on the um, VR, VR stuff. Yeah, Thank VSVR. you, yeah. Yeah. So um, that's supposed to be very good as well. So I think a Star Trek game, please, would be good. Anyway, I just thought I'd throw that out there. Anton, do you, watch, you don't watch Star Trek, do you? I, I, no, but I've never watched any of the, the Space Boy Pew Pew movie. Wow. <laughs> I have no idea what's wow. going on. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> Anton, all I'll say is if you've never watched Star Trek, can you please make it so? Oh, dear. I don't know. Dude, anyway, reference. you don't get it. Didn't do you? Get the reference, right? Let's but, move on to this week's quiz. <laughs> I have so many questions. Right then, Anton, you're, oh. you're you're back to be quizmaster again, yeah? Yes, and uh, this week I have a very exciting quiz for you because we have a entirely uh, community-driven uh, quiz. So all of the answers this time around uh, are from Mike Mick at Looney Tune. It's Eight one eight nine two. Oh, this is um, Mick. Is this Mick that uh, that that bought us Nintendo Switch Lite this week? Yeah, fantastic. Um, I love it. Mick is doing well this episode. Yeah, well done, Mick. Well done, yeah. Big yeah. shout out. <laughs> the, the 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 fourth member we didn't know. <laughs> Absolutely, Absolutely. Sixth, sixth member, member technically. Sixth member. Because <laughs> we do have Emily and James. Uh, but yeah, thank you very much for sending <laughs> this over. And similarly, um, if you have any other games you would like us to kind of feature in the quiz, uh, just kind of message me at Anton Winters underscore on Twitter, and uh, we can have it in the next quiz. Just even if you just send me photos of your collection, uh, I yes. can kind of cipher out the games from there. So, yeah, fantastic. Are you ready for the first game? Go for it. Bring yeah. Bring it on. All right. This first game is an action-adventure self-game by Ubisoft. Ubisoft. Assassin's Creed. Well, that's the only one I was thinking of, but... Boom, you have it, mate. <laughs> oh, dude! <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't have said it. Oh, annoying. Uh, oh, well done. Uh, well I, done. Yeah, I was overthinking that. Yeah, I, I do that as well. <laughs> I it's like, not going to be that easy. It won't be that, so what could it be? No, well, that's cool. Take it. Thank you. Alrighty. We have a sports game with a very distinct and unique art style released on the Nintendo Wii. Oh, it's Mario Soccer. Next level games. Mario yes, Strikers. Yes, you've got Alistair. It's not it's Mario Strikers. It's not Mario Soccer. 
it's diff- uh, it's got different titles in different regions, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give the point there. Ah. Awesome. Well, to be fair, that's the second time we've had that come up as a question in this quiz, isn't it? Where did they call it? Where did they call it Mario Soccer? Was that in America? Uh, South Korea. <laughs> South Korea. I'm still thinking. And it. you're getting the point for that. <laughs> yeah. Balanced up. There we go. Mario Strikers. Right. Okay. Fine. <laughs> one one. Grudgingly. <laughs> Alrighty. A com- this <clears throat> this third title is a competitive fighting game released by Capcom. In 1991. Like this quiz with your fake games. Oh, you should see his face. It's actually getting really red. He's quite angry. What's next? Marco and Sanic at the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! I'm just messing. Do we? Ha- no, it's fine. Do we have another? Do we have any more? Just one more, just so I can play. Alrighty. <clears throat> this is a open world adventure game, released and developed by Radical Entertainment and published for the GameCube, PlayStation 2, Xbox, and Microsoft Windows. Uh, GameCube. I'm trying to think um, who, what radical did they do. Was it the Samsons? I'm looking at you going with the what? <laughs> the Simpsons. I, 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 think, I think since I gave Street Fighter and Mario Soccer, it is Simpsons hit and run. Yeah, I was messing. <laughs> I was deliberately messing calling it The Simpsons. I don't really think that amazing show that I've watched every episode of is called The Simpsons. I was just having a go at Alistair. <laughs> Oh, you know, it's a I'm great not, I'm game. I'm not going to hear the end of this for the a long Samson's time. The Samsons hit and run. Anyway, uh, well done, <laughs> Alistair. You win because you you definitely won that one. That last one was oh. just a bit of a bonus round because I just wanted to get one back. Because I don't I don't grudge you, Mike. <laughs> uh, well that was done. good. Thank that you very really much. Good. Thanks, Mick. And, yeah. uh, thanks, Anton. I like this idea. I think your idea there, Anton, of getting people just to. Um, actually, even just send you their a picture of their collection. Of to be their... fair, it can't be any harder than Pepsi Man. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Pep- that, that game took the Mickey, took the Pepsi. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, that's a great idea, Anton. Yes, um, similarly, just send us any suggestions uh, for things we can do for us meeting up next week. Uh, oh yeah, we're yeah. we're still trying to figure out what we're wanting to do uh, if we do anything. Uh, but yeah, it's gonna be weird. We could like punch each other in the face and film it. Like that's something we didn't like wasn't possible before. We we didn't discuss this previously. <laughs> I don't did really, we? I don't remember that part of it. But we could do that. But we could also, we could. I mean, we could we could stream something. We could record a, a video for you know to put it up. Record us doing the podcast potentially. Put it on YouTube. We could. Yeah. We could just do the podcast as normal. We could but do the podcast being in the but same videoed. Room, but yeah. Video whatever you know. Yeah. You, all kinds of options. You got any suggestions? You can tweet us uh, NSUK podcast on Twitter. Uh, Anton, what's the website called? nsuk.p.co.uk And I'll... over there you've got the links to everything, including the new shiny YouTube, which uh, we'll hopefully put up some stuff there. Uh, we're still kind of feeling out what we're what we'll do with it, but you'll, you'll be first to hear. And once we've kind of got a kind of more firm grasp of what we want to do over there, yeah. uh, we'll give you an update on the podcast as well, uh, yeah. keeping you posted. Fab. Fabulous. In the meantime, if you have any ideas for the YouTube, you can send them to our email, which is podcast at nsukp.co.uk. 
Brilliant. On that note, uh, thank you very much, Anton, for the quiz. That was fabulous. Alistair, thank you too for your wonderful knowledge and uh, your friendship. And we'll be back. (laughs) That was genuine. Uh, We'll be back next week. Uh, Until then, have a fantastic week. Enjoy whatever demos you're going to be playing. Go and check out Neocab. Check out Ori in the Blind Forest as well. There are demos you can download for free. If you've not done the Dragon Quest demo, download that as well. In fact, demos. There's loads of demos on the store right now. Go and check them out. We'll be back next week. Goodbye. Cheerio. Au revoir.